time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Woo! Man, I'm so glad to be back. The Vintage Truth Podcast recording for you tonight. I, I'm really excited because um, it's a, what night is it? Oh, yeah, it's a Thursday night. I'm recording this podcast for Friday morning, and I've just gotten back this week from an eight-day incredible ministry trip to the Philippines where I spent the entire week teaching at a seminary there a course on the theology of worship with some 25 students from nine different nations. And Anyway, they were amazing, incredible, just ministry pioneers in their own countries, but also in the evenings, I spent in churches speaking on various topics, and uh, the outpouring of people who came to hear me speak was just overwhelming, and there's so many stories that I would love to tell that um, I may do a whole podcast uh, just talking about that, but if you want to know more about my trip and what happened, uh, please sign up for my newsletter. I send out a newsletter about, about once a month, sometimes twice a month. But basically just catching you up on things that are going on in my ministry and what's happening with books and speaking and, you know, some goodies for you as well. And, you know, here's the thing. When you sign up for my newsletter, you are getting in kind of on the inside track on this thing. I know a lot of people are, are friends on Facebook with me and that type of thing. But I want you to go to my website, jeffkinley.com. Go to the right-hand column there. You'll see sign up for my newsletter. And uh, I won't spam you with a bunch of things. You don't get get advertising and that kind of thing. And you can unsubscribe at any time. But I'd love for you to join the incredible tribe that is accumulating and gathering uh, there uh, for my monthly newsletter and just informative uh, piece of information that I give out to people. So um, please do that. I'm going to be sharing next week some incredible pictures from my trip uh, to the Philippines. And uh, I want to just give a shout out to all the great people of the Philippines who were so welcoming and charming and wonderful and godly and just embraced me as a brother in Christ and uh, really honored me uh, as a pastor and, and speaker. So I, I just so appreciate their spirit and the fellowship that we were able to have together. Hey, a lot of times I'll get questions about, uh, hey, Jeff, uh, what do I do about this? And and what do you think about this subject over here? And, you know, sometimes people ask me theological questions and or experiential questions, and sometimes the, the two really come together. And I want to tackle one of those in, in the podcast today, and, and let's see if we get, uh, get finished with it. We'll see how far we get on this thing. But the question is, what do you do about people who claim to have had dreams from God or visions from God or, you know, prophecies? that God has, has given to them, uh, that type of thing. You know, I was watching uh, television, just flipping through the channels here a few nights ago, which can always be a dangerous thing, and I saw this, uh, this uh, evangelist preacher who was uh, making a prophecy, walking up down the aisles, just whipping people into a frenzy, making this prophecy, he said, of a tsunami-like revival that is going to sweep the entire country of America Quote, he said, from sea to shining sea, end quote. And then a couple minutes later, I noticed that, wow, the, the path of that revival coincidentally lines up with it's the same path as your schedule of uh, speaking, mister. I mean, it's like you're basically saying, hey, wherever I go, there's going to be this giant revival. And uh, 
But it was this prophecy, you know, that he had been given from the Lord type thing. But what do we do with people who make those kinds of prophecies, who think, say things like uh, there's going to be a, a biblical event happen on a certain date or because something happened over here in Israel, that means that this is going to happen over here now. And, and uh, they make prophecies about Donald Trump and all these different things that, that we don't find in the Bible. And what do we do with that? And then also, what do we do with people who claim they've been to heaven? You know, some guy's, you know, going out to get the paper in the morning. He trips over his own two feet, bumps his head on the concrete. And, uh, you know, for the next 10 minutes, he claims to have gone to heaven. And he comes back and he talks about all these crazy things that he saw up there. And, and he writes a book and makes a whole lot of money. And what do we do with people like that? And then finally, what do you do with personal dreams that you have? I mean, you go to bed, you wake up, you have this bizarre dream in the middle of the night. And, and you just, it seems so supernatural and eerie and you, you see this vision of something in your sleep and you go, hey, is that from God? You know, what do I do with that? Well, we're going to talk about that and explore that uh, some together today. And those are really great questions because we're really having a lot of that happen right now. You know, a lot of these um, so-called prophets are making prophecies about things and, um, and people are, say, are claiming to have been to heaven. Or some people claim to have been to hell. And um, so what do we do when people make those kinds of claims? How, do we, how are we supposed to receive them or not receive them according to the word of God? As Christians, what do we do with people like that? And then just finally, again, what do we do with our personal dreams and visions? Now, to understand kind of a backing up on this thing, to get, get a biblical perspective, because really, in the end, it only matters what the Bible says. It doesn't matter what Jeff Kinley says. It doesn't matter what you say or your favorite preacher or author. It only really matters what the Bible says. So what does the Bible say? So when we look back in the Old Testament, we see that God rose up these prophets, okay, raised up these prophets, and they were there to speak for God, okay? So God wasn't like walking among the people of Israel, so he chose to speak through these men called prophets, and, but along with these prophets that, that rose up, there also arose counterfeit prophets, what we call false prophets. So scripture basically uh, describes two kinds of false prophets in the Old Testament. There were those who prophesied on behalf of false gods, which obviously like Baal and Molech and people like that. And we see that in 1 Kings 18, by the way. And those who prophesied falsely in the name of the true God, Yahweh. So in Ezekiel 13, God spoke through Ezekiel concerning those who are prophesying from their own inspiration, while at the same time claiming to speak for God. That's Ezekiel 13.1. He describes them, quote, as men who are following their own spirit and have seen nothing, end quote. <laughs> That's verse 3 in Ezekiel 13. Wow. I mean, he just flat calls them out. I mean, he just strips them right there. And just says, they're claiming to speak from God. But I'm going to tell you something. As God's true prophet, Ezekiel says, they haven't seen anything. These guys are just making this stuff up as they go along. Then in verse 6 in, in chapter 13, he says that they claim to have been sent by the Lord. And then he says, but the Lord has not sent them. They're, they're a false envoy. They're a false messenger. They've really not come from God. Verse 9 tells us that they saw false visions and uttered lying divination. So there is such a thing as a false vision. 
There is such a thing as someone who is following their own spirit and not God's spirit. There's such a thing as people who claim to have been sent by God, and maybe they even think they've been sent by God. But guess what? They haven't been sent by God. So, for this, God said about these false prophets, he said, he said that his hand would be against them and that they would have no place in the council of his people. And then he said that their names would be removed from the house of Israel and they would not reenter the land following the Babylonian captivity. Now, the reason for this punishment was simple. They lied. They misrepresented God and they misled God's people. Friend, anytime you claim to speak for God, you better know what you're talking about. You better have a source for that word. And that source is the scripture. Because God takes very, very seriously those who claim to speak for him on behalf of him. And if a person lies while claiming to speak for God and they end up misleading sincere people, the, the flock of God, the people of God. Whoa. God takes that very, very seriously. So that's one thing. Now we go into Jeremiah and this is what Jeremiah wrote. This is Jeremiah twenty three sixteen. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. Wow. He goes on. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. You see, a real vision, a real prophecy doesn't originate in the mind or the personality or the ministry of the man or the woman. It originates from the mouth of God. It comes from a divine source. And so we have to be very, very careful about these people who claim to have something from God. These men, in reality, were and are pretenders, fakes, forgeries, counterfeit communicators. Now, that sometimes discredited some of the ministries of the true prophets of God. And so it hurt their ministry as well because the people are going, well, like, which one's real? Which one's the real you, prophet? Anybody claiming to be a prophet in the Old Testament, however, whose prophecy did not come true, was subject to public stoning. Public stoning. That's uh, Deuteronomy 18, uh, 20 through 22. So throughout Scripture, we, we learn that God takes it very seriously when someone claims to be a prophet or to speak for him. Now, get to the New Testament and won't be able to, to uh, cover this whole subject uh, fully, but in the New Testament, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 3, when his disciples said, uh, hey, Lord, tell us when these the things will be, in other words, the destruction of the temple and that type of thing, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus said his very first words to them were this, see to it that no one misleads you about what's coming, things that are coming, okay? Things like, you know, the end times and supposed revivals and things like that. He says, for many will come, many will come, 
in my name, in my name, Jesus says, saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. And then he says in verse 11, and many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Later in the same conversation, he tells them, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. Matthew 7, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. Good tree can't bear bad fruit, nor bad tree bear good fruit. He says every tree that does bear good fruit is cut down. That does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. So Jesus is, is basically telling us ahead of time. He's warning us ahead of time. Watch out for false prophets in the end, end of time, in the, in the last days. Now, over in Second uh, Thessalonians, which is very interesting there, because Paul was um, had established this church, and yet right after he had established a church, in comes you know, the, the, uh, the follow-up squad, after Paul had left, they just waited until he left the, the city. And they came in and started started teaching things that were contrary or distortions of what Paul had taught them. And so in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul had to write to them. And he said, look, he said, I request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, it's a future thing that's being prophesied, okay, or, or a vision, right? that our coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. He's speaking about the rapture there that he told them about in the previous letter in 1 Thess 4, uh, 13 through 18. He says that you may not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed. Now, how would they be shaken from their composure by their, by their Christian composure, by their faith, or be disturbed? How, how, would, that, how would that even happen, right? He says three ways. He says either by a spirit by a message or by a letter as if it's from us, the apostles, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come, which is what those false teachers were saying. You're in the tribulation. The day of the Lord is here. So he says, look, look out for anybody who claims to receive something supernatural through a spirit. Some spirit of revelation has come through them to give them this new truth they want to share. Or a message, an authoritative message, someone message, someone preaches a sermon or gives some sort of message saying, this is going to happen. This this prophecy I've been given to share with you. Or a letter. In modern days, I, I would say that would be a, a book. You could say someone who has written a book that claims certain things are going to happen or claims that they have had certain experiences that are contrary to scripture. And so you see these people who have made these claims to have, you know, made trips to heaven. How do you do that? Well, first of all, here's what I'm wondering. How come none of the, the, the trusted, credible, godly preachers, pastors, theologians that 
have been respected by the church in the past hundred years, how come none of these visions come to them? How come they don't get to go to heaven? You know, how come John Piper and John MacArthur and Billy Graham and, and, you know, people like that, Chuck Swindoll, I mean, how come they don't get to go to heaven? Because surely, I mean, God's a smart God, right? If he just caused them to go to heaven, think about how many more people could be influenced by their heavenly visitation. But God doesn't do that. He always picks some abstract person like a young boy who claims he went to heaven and then wrote a book about it. And then years later, he goes, well, (laughs) I made it up. I made it up. See, one of the biggest problems that we have with claims like this, and, and here's where they, where they have you, okay, is that there's no way to validate the claim. In other words, there's no way to, to conclusively prove, at least from a human standpoint, that they did or did not go to heaven, or in some cases, hell. So, Conceivably, anyone, any person, anyone can claim that they fell asleep in the bathtub and ended up in heaven for a while. And then they just describe what they saw in their dream or vision or visit or whatever they claim to have had. And all of a sudden, people are just goo goo gaga. They're just drooling because they can't wait to hear what heaven is like. Wow, wonder what it's like. Man, what's wrong with God? He never told us about what heaven was like. He never told us what Jesus was like in heaven. But thanks, thankful to, to this kid or, or to this guy, now we get to know what heaven is like. Wow, how, this is awesome. It's better than the Bible. That's really the point, isn't it? Is that they give you descriptions that you don't see in the Bible or they're able to make stacks of cash based upon their fantastical stories. So the biggest question, the biggest problem that we have with these things is that they cannot be authenticated. I mean, bring back a video, dude. Do something. You can't just say stuff. You can't just claim something. I don't care how badly you think it happened or how sincerely you believe it. You can't simply speak something out of an experience and expect the body of Christ to receive it. Unfortunately, the body of Christ today is woefully, biblically illiterate. The basic Christian today has next to zero discernment. They're shack Christians. They read books and they just swallow it, hook, line, and sinker. They have no grid through which to read. Is this biblical? Is this heretical? Should this person be saying this at all? How do I know? Because see, Paul went to heaven and saw incredible things. Guess what God said? Don't talk about it. In fact, I'm so going to make you not talk about it. I'm going to give you a thorn in the flesh to keep you humble so that you don't talk about what the incredible things you saw in heaven. You don't see that, do you, today? I mean, Paul should have just written a best-selling scroll and made millions and just retired right then, right then and there. Travel, travel the world. You know, they could have made a theater play about his visit to heaven. 
And Paul just sits back and waits for the royalty checks to come in, right? Or Lazarus, you know, he, he comes back. He didn't get to talk about heaven, right? Hey, we're going we're gonna to dive more into this stuff here on the next Ministry Podcast. That'll be on Monday. And we'll finish this dreams, visions, and prophecies. Are they real? What do we do with them? They have a fantastic weekend. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com. <laughs>